0: All right, we're going to be in Luke chapter four. We just kind of we're just kind of hanging on in Luke. There's a lot of good stuff there. It just seems like one thing keeps coming after another. So we're just we'll just hang out there for a while till the Lord lays something else on my heart. But we'll be in Luke chapter four this morning. Luke chapter four verse one. We'll read the first thirteen verses of chapter four. Jesus is soon going to be starting his ministry. He's, he's going to be doing all the miracles that he does and going around and, 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 and uh, having compassion on people and healing the sick and all of those things. But before Jesus goes on his mission, on his ministry, he spends some time in the wilderness. And in the wilderness, he faces some temptations. Now, mm-hmm. temptation is a good thing for us to talk about because every single one of us in here is tempted. We all face temptations, probably all of us on a daily basis, probably multiple times a day. We are always going to be tempted, and the enemy knows exactly what to tempt us with. He knows what to tempt you with and what to tempt me with, and it's different for all of us because we all have different weaknesses. Uh, but the enemy is good at trying to, uh, to, to get us in a spot where we are going to give in to that temptation, Uh, that he is going to convince us that whatever sin he is trying to get us to commit is better than being (coughs) obedient to God. And uh, we should not be surprised if the enemy does it to us because as we see in the passages here today, he did the very same thing to Jesus, the very Son of God. Uh, The devil was at work even way back then trying to stop God's plans and he's still trying to do so today. And that's what we're going to talk about this morning. Luke chapter 4, verses 1 through 13. Then Jesus returned from the Jordan full of the Holy Spirit and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness for 40 days to be tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days, and when they were over, he was hungry. The devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, tell this stone to become bread. But Jesus answered him, It is written, man must not live on bread alone. So he took him up and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. The devil said to him, I will give you their splendor and all this authority because it has been given over to me. And I can give it to anyone I want. If you then will worship me, all will be yours. And Jesus answered him, It is written, Worship the Lord your God. And serve him only. So he took him to Jerusalem, and had him stand on the pinnacle of the temple, and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here. For it is written, He will give His angels orders concerning you to protect you, and they will support you, and with their hands, so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. And Jesus answered him, It is said, Do not test the Lord your God. After the devil had finished every temptation, he departed from him for a time. Let's pray. Father God, I come to you this morning and I pray that you help these words to have impact in our life. God, I pray that you help me to be obedient to preach and teach in a way that's going to be beneficial to your people. God, there are many things on my mind. There are many things as I studied and read this week, God, that you have showed me. But God, I pray that you help just what you want to Your people to hear to come to the surface today. God, I pray that you help me to say exactly what you want me to say. God, I pray that you let the Holy Spirit convict our heart to hear what we need to hear, dear Lord. And I pray that we can be wise to the tactics of the enemy through these words that we see today. And I pray, God, that we can learn from our Savior Jesus Christ. And I pray that we can learn from your word, dear Lord, how to deal with temptations that we face. And God, I pray more than anything that you are lifted up in this place today and that you receive the glory. I pray, God, that you hide me behind the cross. God, in my weaknesses and failures, I pray that you would just use me in a way, dear Lord, that's going to bring glory to you, not by anything that I can say or do, but God, only because of your power and your Son, Jesus Christ, and the the Holy Spirit that's in this place today. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, this is a good passage of Scripture. This passage is rich of of, of content, of things that we could probably pull out of it today. But we're just going to look at a few things that we could get from it. Not everything. I could probably preach for three or four hours this afternoon on this passage. But I will spare you that, and we will just look at a few things. Temptation. I won't ask you to raise your hand, but I would be willing to say that there is nobody in here that is not tempted. Tempted. And temptation is something that that happens to us. We are tempted from the time that we are very young. And I have yet to ever meet a single person who is beyond the point of temptation. I believe that temptation is going to stay with us until the day that we die. Now, I may be wrong. There may be some who have managed to overcome temptation and are never tempted. But I don't believe that's the case because the old devil, the enemy, the serpent, Satan, he is always trying to get us to slip. Even if we are strong in our faith, even if we are faithful and obedient to the Lord and we are in God's word, temptations are always going to come. That's the bad news. We are never going to be able to escape temptation. So what we as Christians need to learn to do is to learn how to deal with that temptation so that the temptation does not lead to sin. Now, I don't believe that the temptation itself is sin. It's how we act upon those temptations. Now, you may for a split second be tempted to to punch somebody because they've done something to you. Well, that temptation I don't think necessarily is a sin, but when you act on that temptation and you give in to that temptation, well, then we sin against the Lord. Now, the devil tries many different ways to get us to sin against the Lord because he knows that one way is not going to work for everybody. We see that here in in this passage about Jesus. Satan didn't just hit him one time with one temptation. He continued to hit him. He tried one way, it didn't work. He tried another way, it didn't work. He tried yet a third way and it didn't work. That's something that we need to remember is that the enemy that we face is very persistent. And that's why we have to be persistent as we go to the Lord. We have to be persistent in his word. We have to be persistent in prayer. God, give me patience. God, help me to avoid this temptation. God, help me not to give in. God, help me not to say this. God, help me not to do that. God, I am tempted to do this, but God, help me not to. You know, temptation almost always, I suppose maybe we could be tempted to do something good, maybe, but usually in my life, I find that temptation is entirely to do something bad. I am always tempted to to do something bad that's why it's a temptation we have to fight it because we know that whatever it is we are tempted to do it's not the right thing to do now perhaps somebody has done something really really bad to you or said something really bad to you and you sitting at home and you stew over it and you say to yourself i'm tempted to go down there and give them a piece of my mind we're always tempted to go and do something that's bad. How many times have you ever been sitting at home and said, I'm tempted to go down there and give them a hug and tell them how much I love them and how much I appreciate them. We're not tempted to do those things. We are glad to do those things. It's not that we may not have that thought that we want to go love on somebody, but that's not a temptation. That's love coming out in us. But those temptations that are, that are in our mind, they come from the enemy. Because just as he tried to get Jesus to feel you better believe that he is going to get the child, uh, the children of God to fail as well. Now we see some interesting things in this passage here. Isn't it interesting at the beginning of the passage? If you look back at uh, verse 1, then Jesus returned from the Jordan full of the Holy Spirit and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness for 40 days to be tempted by the devil. Now that may be a hard thing to wrap our head around. It was the Holy Spirit that led Jesus into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Now, that's, that may be hard for us to wrap our head around, that the Holy Spirit may sometime lead us into temptation. Now, don't, don't misunderstand what I'm saying here. God tempts no one. No temptation comes from God. The scripture is plain about that. But the scripture is also pretty clear here that it's the Holy Spirit that led Jesus into the wilderness to be tempted. Now, it may be that there are times in your life, maybe right now, or maybe things that you have been through in the past, that you have uh, you have gone into a temptation. You've gone into a, a wilderness uh, period, spiritually speaking. Sometimes we say that. We say, uh, I've had a wilderness experience. That usually means that we're in a spot where spiritually we're not very close to God or we're away from God. Uh, and we, we may sometimes use the term mountaintop experience. That means that we are on fire for God, that we are just passionate about God. Now those terms, I don't believe, are in Scripture anywhere, but there are terms that sometimes we as Christians may use, a wilderness experience or a mountaintop experience. And I believe that sometimes God allows us to go into these wilderness experiences. He allows us to be tempted. Now why in the world would a good God, an all-knowing God, a perfect God, a God who loves us, allow us to be tempted? Well, I believe it's because temptation makes us stronger. I believe it's because temptation gives us a choice. Now, God doesn't force anyone to love him. Even though God could have done that, God doesn't force anyone to love him. If we never had that temptation to disobey God or to reject God, That would eliminate any choice that we had. Therefore, we would have a God who would force us to serve him. And then there would be some who would say, well, I don't want to serve God, but we don't have a choice. And so I believe that through temptation, that is part of God giving us a choice. We have a choice. Are we going to follow the Lord? or Are we going to uh, reject the Lord? Now, God allows Satan sometimes to tempt us. Now, on the surface, you may say, well, boy, that sounds like a horrible God. It's like we're pieces in a chess match. But that's not God's intent at all. It's not a game to God. God's ultimate desire is for us to draw closer to him. It's for us to be taken care of. It's for us to be protected. It's for us to be away from the evils of the world that are going to cause us harm. That's what God's ultimate desire is. And you may have discovered in your life that when you have been in a wilderness experience or when you have been tempted, when you put your faith in God and you trust in Him and you cling to Him, when you overcome that temptation, even if you give into it on some occasions, when you ultimately overcome that temptation, your faith is stronger than it was to start with. You love God more then than you did before you went into the temptation. You, you trust in God more. You, you, you call on God more. Your relationship with God is better. Why? Because through that temptation, you have realized that there is no hope in anyone else other than the Lord. And many times, in particular for us as Christians, those temptations draw us closer to God. It makes us wiser. We see what the devil's trying to do. We see how what the devil made look so good was actually bad. Because we trusted in God through the temptation, and God revealed to us and helped us to see the tactics of the enemy. And as a result of going through the temptation, as bad as it may have been, when we look into the future, the next time the devil comes at us with a similar temptation, we say, "Uh uh-uh, because we see right through it. We see, if I do that, if I say that, if I act this way, if I act that way, that's going to lead me down a wrong path. It's because we've learned, because we've been through these things, and we've trusted in God to bring them through us. Perhaps that's why it's important, as Jesus says in the Lord's Prayer, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Why would Jesus tell us to pray that we not be led into temptation if we couldn't be led into temptation? Perhaps that's why the Lord's prayer is important. There are many reasons why. But it's statements just like that. Because if we are constantly praying, God, lead us not into temptation, and we're constantly asking God not to let us be tempted, then we're probably going to be doing pretty good spiritually there probably won't be need for us to be led into temptation, for us to be corrected, for us to draw closer to God. If we are faithfully seeking God and we are saying, God, don't lead me into temptation, if we are that serious about not wanting to be tempted and not wanting to have to go through those things, chances are we're probably in a good spot with the Lord. And God won't need to allow us to go through the temptations to correct us because we will already be in a good place. We need to think about that, perhaps we need to pray that prayer more often. God, lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from the evil one. because temptation's tough. You know it is because you face it every day. And I'll venture to say that we've probably all given in to temptation at some point in time in our life. Temptation's hard to overcome. So the better we can, uh, the more we can focus on the Lord and trust in Him and have a close relationship with Him, and not wander off and be tempted by the evil, and the better things are going to be. Probably one of the most famous uh, illustrations of this very thing is the story of Job. If you've never read the story of Job, you should go read the story of Job. Now we see this 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 this, this discussion between God and the devil there, and it, it, it kind of may be. It, just like we've talked about, it it may be hard for us to wrap our head around that that God would allow these things to happen. But the devil says, oh, I bet I can make Job turn against you. God said, well, all right, I'll give you a a chance. Now, the devil can't tempt us in any way unless God allows him to. Now, that's important for us to understand. God is in control And if God allows us to be tempted, it is not because God does not love us, or he's playing with our emotions and he wants to be entertained. If God allows us to be tempted, it is going to be for our good. Now, maybe not in the moment. It may not seem like it. But if God allows us to be tempted, it's because God is using what the enemy intended for evil and using it for good, as we see in Genesis chapter fifty. Uh, the enemy, Satan, the devil, he's always coming up with these evil plans. But boy, isn't it so wonderful how God can use some of the most evil plans and at the end of it all, God's children draw draw closer to him. And that's exactly what happened in Job. All of these things the enemy did to Job. And eventually Job kind of got mad and he cursed at God and, and God was able to call him down and say, Look here, you're a little proud there, Job. And even a man who was upright in the Lord, a good man, a man of integrity like Job. After all that he went through, it was hard for him to finally kind of kinda of yell at God and fuss at God. But even after all that, when it was all said and done, Job repented. Job drew closer to the Lord through all those experiences. And at the end of that temptation, when Job finally saw his weaknesses, when he finally submitted himself to God and said, Look, God, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have acted that way. I should never have questioned you. Whenever he came to God for forgiveness, he drew closer to God. That would have never happened in Job's life had he not gone through a temptation. And each one of you could probably think of an experience in your life where it was really hard to go through, but it drew you closer to God if it had not been for that temptation, that experience, that situation, or maybe you were tempted to give up on God, or maybe you were tempted to just do this or do that that was going to draw you away from God, it didn't. Maybe for a season, but not ultimately. You came back to God, and you were stronger because of it. And you received God's blessings in the same way that Job had received God's blessings. Sometimes God allows us to be tempted But those temptations are for our own good to draw us closer to the Lord. Now here's another thing we can look at in this passage. Is the devil came to Jesus and began to tempt him when he was weak. He came to him after he had been in the wilderness for 40 days. He had been fasting. He hadn't been eating in that time. He was hungry. You know what I'm talking about. If anybody's ever fasted before, maybe just for medical reasons. You can't eat after midnight. By 8, 9 o'clock the next day, you are starving. And some of you may have fasted in a spiritual sense. You may have gone a few days and you may have fasted. You know what it's like. After you fast for a while, you are starving. And Jesus had been fasting. He had been in the wilderness for 40 days. And that's when the devil decided, I'm going to get him. Here's going to be the first temptation that I'm going to come. And the devil approaches Jesus and he says, look, if you are the son of God... Now, do you think Satan knew who Jesus was? Of course he did. Do you think Satan questioned whether or not Jesus was the Son of God? He knew full well that Jesus was the Son of God. He wasn't asking the question because he doubted who Jesus was. He was asking the question because he wanted Jesus to have a little pride and give in and say, Oh, I'll show you. You don't know, think I'm God? Let me show you what I can do. And so Satan kind of questioned his authority, he questioned his power. He came to him in a time of weakness, knowing he was hungry. Oh, you know, some bread sure would be good. Why don't you just tell that stone to become bread? You could feast. Now, Jesus could have done that. Jesus could turn a stone into bread. Wouldn't have been no problem. Now, I don't even think that turning a stone into bread is sinful. I think if Jesus just on his own would have decided he wanted to turn a stone into bread and eat it, I don't think that would have been sinful. He's God. He can do what he wants to. The sin came, not in that Jesus was going to eat a piece of bread that was first a stone. The sin was going to come and that he was going to give in to what the devil was trying to get him to do, to misuse his power. What Satan was trying to get Jesus to do was to sin. To misuse his power, to become proud, to say, Let me show you, I'll turn this whole mountain into a big old loaf of bread if I want to. Jesus could have done that, but he was wise to the tactics of the devil. And we need to be wise to the tactics of the devil, too. Because I'm going to tell you when the devil's going to hit you hard, it's when you're in a time of weakness. It's when maybe you've given in to a little sin. It's when maybe you begin to doubt God a little bit. It's when you get to be in a time of depression. It's when you're having a really bad day at home or a really bad day at work. That's when the devil's going to hit you because he knows you're weak. He knows you're likely to give in. He knows you're not thinking clearly. And that's when he's going to hit you. He's going to try to get you when you are down. He's going to kick you when you're down, and he could care less because all he wants to do is get you to sin, to get you to give up on God, to get you to turn from God, to get you to never turn to God. Maybe the Holy Spirit's working in your heart this morning, and you've heard things or read things, and God's been speaking to you in the last few weeks, and you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, and you're thinking you want to. You better look out and be on guard because guess what? The devil, he's trying to work. You don't need God. God's not real. You don't believe all that junk, do you? He'll begin to put all these thoughts and questions into your mind. Don't fall for it. Don't believe those lies of the devil. The devil is going to try to get you when you are weak, and so you must be on guard. But one of the most beautiful things we see here is exactly how we can fight against the tactics of the devil. What does Jesus do? He responds with scripture. He quotes some scripture from Deuteronomy. It reminds us of just how powerful the Word of God is. The devil is always going to tempt us, but we fight back by standing firm on the truth of God's Word and knowing that we can fight the temptation and we can overcome it by the blood of Jesus Christ. And we stand on that, and that is our strength. Now, Jesus stood on God's Word, and we too, if we're going to fight temptations, we must take a stand on God's Word. So he Avoided that temptation, didn't give in, didn't fall for it. Jesus quotes the passage, man must not live on bread alone, but on every word of God. So then the devil says, golly, I see what's going on now. So then the devil decides that he wants to use God's word. He eventually uh, gets to a point where he uh, uses God's word, where he can uh, try to get Jesus uh, twisted in that way. He goes on to try to get Jesus to, to, to worship him in the next, next, next temptation. Now this to me seems like the craziest temptation of all. Jesus, uh, uh, Satan says, I'll give you all this stuff. It's all been given to me, all of this world. I'll give you everything in this world. <coughs> now isn't that crazy? Now here's Jesus, God, the Son of God, who is God of everything, who is in complete control, And of all the things that Satan is trying to tempt him with, saying, I'll give you all this. All this has been given to me. I'll give it to you. But Jesus was wise to that. He didn't give in to that. (coughs) Now, Satan could have tempted Jesus in that way. He could have given him the whole world just the way it was, full of sin. And if Jesus would have given in to that and said, yeah, I want to be king of this world, I want to let my power out right now. I want to be king of this world and I want to rule and reign and I want things just like they are and I want people to know who I am. Jesus could have given in to that temptation. But Jesus was way too wise for that. Jesus didn't want this world as it is. He wanted this world to be redeemed. Yeah, this world has been given over to Satan, and it's, it's sinful. The moment that Adam and Eve sinned, boy, Satan had a, had a reign in this world, and we still see that sin in this world today. And Jesus could have been the king of this world the way it is, but that's not what Jesus wants. That's not what God's plan is. That's not what God's desire is. And Jesus is going to be king over the earth, but not this earth, a new earth. Because in the end of times when, when all things are made new, there's going to be a new heaven and there's going to be a new earth. And that's when Jesus, King Jesus, the King of kings and the Lord of lords is going to rule on this earth. But Jesus didn't give in to the temptation. He didn't take this old sinful earth. He knew what he had to do. He knew he had to go by the way of the cross so that this old sinful world could be redeemed. So that there could be a new heaven and a new earth. Again, again he, he quotes back to Satan. Satan says, look, just worship me. Just fall down before me. And all of this can be yours. Who in the world would fall for that? Especially Jesus. Who would want this world? I guess there are people out there that would. I can't imagine why you'd want it. And Jesus said, no, I'm not worshiping you. I worship the Father. So here Jesus quotes Scripture. And Satan says, all right, let me try a new tactic. So then Satan quotes Scripture, and he'll do it to you too. you got to be on guard. He will let you read one little passage of Scripture to justify the way that you've been acting in sin, and you will hold on to that and say, well, this is what God's Word said, and you never will look at any of the rest of God's Word, and you'll hold on to that one Scripture, and he'll have you because he's, he's, he's talked to you something out of context in God's Word, and it's what you want to believe, and it's what you want to hear, so you don't ever read any other Scripture because you don't want to mess that up. <coughs> he tried to do that with Jesus. Oh, come on, let me, let me show you this. He took him to the pinnacle of the temple, the highest point of the temple. Now, at the temple, there were a lot of people around the temple. There was always people around the temple. And Satan said, look, why don't you jump down from this really high place? If you were to jump down from this really high place, surely it would kill you, but you won't die because God's going to send his angels. They'll catch you right before you hit the ground. Just think of all the people who would have been there to see, all the people at the temple. They would have seen Jesus, the Messiah, coming down, and they would have seen Him jump from something that would surely have killed Him, and the angels would have saved Him, and then surely everybody would have worshipped Jesus, and everybody would have known that He was the Messiah. Come on. Go ahead and jump. You trust the Father? Here's the Word? I just read to you the Word of your Father God. Nothing's going to happen to you. You know what would have happened if Jesus would have jumped? He would have died. And all of God's plans would have been destroyed. There would be no hope for a new heaven and a new earth. There would be no hope for you and I. And the temptation of Jesus to show off his power and what he could do and for perhaps people who may have been around to see him be saved by the angel lifting him up so he could get praise, that temptation of pride and power, if that would have got Jesus... Jesus would have splatted right there on the ground. But Jesus didn't give in. Even though he was weak, he held to the word of God. And he didn't give in to the temptations. The third thing that we want to talk about today is why did Satan do this? What was his goal? What was his purpose? The whole reason why Satan tempted Jesus is because he wanted Jesus to avoid the cross. He wanted him to avoid the cross. Because if Jesus doesn't go to the cross, if Jesus doesn't willingly and humbly submit himself to the Father and give give his life as a ransom for all of us, if Jesus doesn't do that, there is no hope and the devil wins. The devil is victorious. And you and I, we're not even in this building today. If Jesus gives in to the temptation of the devil, Jesus avoids the cross but Jesus knew he could not avoid the cross Jesus wasn't going to shy away from that Jesus was not going to give in to those temptations because avoiding the cross would be doom for everyone that's what the devil was trying to do he was trying to get Jesus to avoid the cross and I've got news for you today he still does the same thing to you and I he wants you to avoid the cross That's why he was tempting Jesus, and that's why he tempts you and I. He wants you to avoid the cross. He wants you to go the other way. He wants you to think that everything looks so good. Give in to this. Do this. Use your own power. Make yourself feel good. Let other people see how good you are. You can do what you want to do. Nothing's going to happen to you. Live life the way you want to. That's what the devil wants us to do. And you know what happens when that happens? We avoid the cross. We don't see a need for Jesus. We don't see a need for the cross. We don't see any hope in the cross. What do we need the cross for? We can do everything ourselves. We are in control. That's a lie. But that's the same tactic that he used on Jesus, and that's the same tactic that he uses on you and I. He wants us to avoid the cross sometimes God allows us to be tempted, to draw us closer to Him. Those times of temptation almost always come when we're in a time of weakness. And those temptations always come because, Jesus, or because Satan wants us to avoid the cross of Jesus Christ. He doesn't want us to turn to Jesus Christ. He doesn't want us to be forgiven. He doesn't want us to feel, to be redeemed. He doesn't want us to feel joy. He wants us to, he wants us to die in our sin. He wants us to feel ashamed. He wants us to feel guilty. He wants us to feel angry. He wants us to feel hatred. And oftentimes he's able to get us to do all of those things because we give in to the temptations that we shouldn't when we should be clinging to God's Word, when we should hide it away in our hearts, when the Holy Spirit should be recalling it to our hearts and minds because we know it, when we should be doing those things, we're not. The Holy Spirit can't recall God's Word because we don't know God's Word. We don't stand on the truth of God's Word because we would rather give in to the lies of Satan. And sometimes, even for Christians, we give in to those temptations And those temptations, maybe just for a moment, maybe for a few days, maybe for a few years, take our eyes off of the cross of Jesus Christ. And that's exactly what Satan wants. But we fight back, not on our own strength, but by the word of God. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 tells us that there is no uh, temptation that, that can overtake us, that God doesn't give us a way out. We are not tempted beyond what we can bear. Yeah, we may be tempted. Bad news, you're going to be tempted for the rest of your life. But good news, God's going to give you a way out. And that way out is through the cross of Jesus Christ, through the words of God. If we call on them in those times of temptation and we say, Lord Jesus, help me through this. Lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from the evil one God gives us a way out in those times of temptation. And we can go boldly before Jesus, our Messiah, our high priest, and know that we don't serve a high priest who is unable to sympathize with us in our, in our weaknesses and our temptations because we have a high priest and a Savior in Jesus Christ who is tempted in every way that we are, yet he is without sin. And that's how we escape temptation we go to our high priest, we go to our Savior, and we cling to him, and we open God's word, and we say, Satan, I'm not going to give in to these temptations. Get thee behind me, Satan, in the name of Jesus Christ. That's what Jesus did. Not in this passage, but in the same story in Matthew. After he was tempted, he said, Get behind me, Satan. Leave me alone. And Satan will come back. It says here at the end of the passage that after the devil had finished every temptation he departed from him for a time now we can overcome temptation but there will be more the devil may strike out he may try three or four different tactics just like Jesus and we overcome it by the blood of Jesus Christ but he'll be back and so we must always be on guard we must always be on guard against those temptations that we don't give in to the temptations and avoid the cross. But in our temptations, we run to the cross of Jesus Christ because there is hope in no one else other than Jesus Christ. Jesus didn't give in to the temptation and avoid the cross. He went to the cross for you and I, and when we have temptations, we follow his example, and that's where we go, to the cross. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you this morning. I thank you for this passage. I thank you for Jesus. and. The example that he gave, I thank you that he was able to stand strong against the tactics of the enemy. And God, I pray that we just cling to that this morning. I pray, God, that we just trust in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and we are able to avoid those tactics of the enemy. God, maybe there are some here today that have never trusted Jesus. Maybe they, are, they want to. God, maybe the Holy Spirit's uh, calling them. Maybe they know that they should accept Jesus, but maybe the devil's working on them too. God, I pray that if there's something in their heart, God, if there's someone here today that wants to accept Jesus, God, that they just would repent of their sinfulness, that they would recognize their wretched state, dear Lord, before you, that they would know, God, that they are sinners in need of a savior. And I pray, God, that the Holy Spirit would lead them to the cross today and that they would not be tempted to think that uh, they don't need forgiveness or that they are so good and they can take care of themselves, dear Lord, but they don't believe that lie of the devil. But God, that they come to you and they come to the cross, and they humbly submit theirself their self and seek Jesus for forgiveness. God, maybe there are some in here today, and they are yours. No doubt there are, God. Many in here today that are yours. And God, we go through temptations, even those who are yours. And I pray, God, that through your words today, that we would hide them in our heart. And maybe there's a temptation that some are struggling with. God, you know their hearts, and they know their hearts, dear Lord. But whatever temptations may be in this place today, God, I pray that you would remove any stronghold that the devil has. God, I pray that you would encourage and strengthen each one to take a stand on your word, to know that they can overcome that temptation through Jesus Christ. And by your help and by your strength, God, you can deliver them from that that's, that's weighing them down, dear Lord. So God, I pray that they would just come boldly before the throne, that they would come boldly to their high priest, to know that you know what we're going through, Lord, Because the scripture says that Jesus was tempted in every way as we are, yet he was without sin. So God, help us to know that we serve one who has conquered temptation and we can have the same victory through him. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.